Uh, okay, so today I'm sat here with Giles Bayliss. Giles is, uh, let's say, a ticketing heavyweight or a veteran. Um, don't know what's less offensive. Really. <laughs> I don't know. Raise my eyebrows at heavyweight. <laughs> so uh, I've been looking forward to doing this one because, um, as you know, I love nothing more than talking about ticketing. And chances are, if you're listening to this and you work at a football club, Giles has probably installed the first ever ticketing system that uh, went in at your club. Um, so, Giles, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dave. Thank um, you for asking me. <laughs> no worries. So, let's do a little bit of background because not everyone may know who you are or what you've done or what you've been up to. So, uh, what's the back? Let's give us your backstory to start with. Okay. So, I started in ticketing in the late eighties, eighty nine, exactly, um, completely by accident. So, I left school. Um, and I wanted to go in the 40s, and back then you needed to be 16 years old and 10 months, so I wasn't quite old enough. So I uh, initially I went to do some labouring on a building site, which as you can imagine, knowing me, I loved carrying bricks and plaster around on a wet, windy day. Um, and then when that finished, it was actually my sister who's responsible, so I should either thank her or blame her, but she dragged me out of bed one morning and took me down to the job centre, and um, I saw this advert, and it was a, a small company advertising for an office junior. And the company was literally five minutes from my front door, and in my 16-year-old head, that meant that I didn't need to get out of bed until 8.30. Perfect. I could roll down the hill and do this job. Anyway, so I did as you used to do in the old days. Kids who don't know this, but you used to take a card off the, the wall, hand it in, and say, I'm interested in this. Um, and then I got a follow-up phone call from um, a lady called Linda Foster. It was the next day. And uh, I was invited to an interview. And basically, it, it wasn't really an interview. It was more or less like, you've got two arms and legs. When can you start? So the, the role, as I say, it was for an office junior. But there'd suddenly become a vacancy for a job in what membership or fulfilment services we know it now. Um, somebody had just been removed for stealing. So there was a position for somebody who was willing to uh, basically produce lots and lots of membership cards and work long hours. Okay. And um, that was me. So I, I took the job from there. So I started in fulfilment, producing membership cards for Spurs, Manchester United, Leeds, uh, many other clubs. Um, and I did that for at least a year, maybe a little bit longer. So straight after there, I was asked if I wanted to kind of get a bit more serious into the ticketing side of things, and I got uh, the opportunity to go and create seat plans for a lot of the new stadiums. So I think Twickers was one of the first ones I did when they put a new stand on Twickers. Um, and I went from there basically to um, being taught how to build systems on these CDOS great big boxes, these massive things now that it takes two of us to carry and probably got less power than we've got now on our phones sitting on this desk. Um, so I, I, I kind of say it was all very much by an accident um, and I kept flowing through different things in the business and I, I'd say I used to drive the transit vans all around the country installing all these ticketing systems in different clubs up and down the land and I used to do training and project management and support and account management so I've pretty much done or worked in every facet of ticketing apart from finance and development. Okay so you've got a lot of experience we can see that. Um, so 
we obviously know how you got into things and like I, it was quite interesting because you see like you fell into it and like most people yeah. I know have got into it in that way it's not like a career choice when we leave school college or uni you think I'm going to go and work in ticketing it's a bit of a black hole because everyone I know that gets into it never gets back out yeah so here we are it sucks you in <laughs> it does um okay so I was really interested to, to have this because obviously we've worked together a little bit yep, uh, at Axis and um we used to talk a lot about um the early days uh, a company called Synchro Systems which is for me like one of the um, I guess most interesting stories in our industry, almost like a bit like folklore now, I guess, yeah. of a, a small company that started from very little, became a huge, huge thing, or the software it developed became a huge thing, still in use today in many clubs up and down the country. Um, and you were there at the very early, early stage of this happening. So I want to talk a lot about that. Um, so like, tell us the story, the, the background. So how you, that, that company you joined was Synchro Systems? Yeah, the company, so Synchro Systems. And um, we were in a, a tiny little office just off Junction 16 of the M6. And the building we were in, it used to be, it was an ex-working men's club. <laughs> My office actually used to be the gents of that working men's club. So <laughs> Know your place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that, say so that was 89. The company was founded in 79. And when I first joined, there was only a few uh, football clubs on board, Spurs being one, uh, one or two other notable ones, um, local uh, leisure centres, uh, local authority venues, and really, there was no, nobody else doing uh, computerised ticketing at the time. There was no real competition to speak of. Um, and I guess uh, at that point when I joined, um, sadly, Hillsborough had happened. Right. And the uh, Taylor report, which had deemed that all stadium needed to be all-seaters, I think it was by the 94-95 season. That really meant that a lot of the football clubs then were going out and looking for a provider for ticketing solutions. Um, Synchro being the one in the market. Um, so we grew really rapidly. Um, in fact, I remember, and again, I think this was season, it was actually season 94, 95. We had 20 uh, of a possible 22 Premier League clubs as a Synchro client. Wow. And that's probably unheard of uh, yeah. to get that kind of number. And it was only later in the 90s that um, competition appeared and we, we lost one or two clients, sadly. Um, but yeah, there was nobody else doing this. Um, in fact, just taking it a step further back, I was told that the original program that we used to use, which was called Arena, um, used to be a milk round. So it was basically used to allocate milk to houses. <laughs> and it went from allocating milk to houses to allocating seats to people. Wow. Okay. Yeah, true fact. Okay. So it was just reused because... Yeah, it was, re it was reused and it was developed and it was um, you know, done in, in conjunction with however many different teams and clubs over a number of years. Um, so yeah, I started on a, a DOS-based system. Arena was DOS-based and then we went to something called CDOS and then we went from CDOS to Unix. <laughs> so we kept doing these upgrades and again, it was new servers. It was out again in the transit van with all these boxes. Um, and then we eventually, we, we parked Arena and then it was the start of Venue Master, mm. which was, I think, 1995. We did the first Venue Master installation, which is still in place now with Ticketmaster. Um, so that was the, the very beginning of it and that's, that's how I started. Awesome. Okay, so just 
tapping into something you mentioned quickly. So, it, you know, you were out there, you were picking up all of these clubs. What do you think enabled you to stay number one? Because like you said, competition did emerge, yep. but people seem to just continue to go with you mostly. Yeah, I, I think it's quite a, a simple formula, really. It's, um, we had a really good product. We used to listen to what the clients wanted. We used to have a lot of client forums, user groups. Mm. People would come and offer opinion. Then we'd get like-minded people together in a room, various ticket office managers from different venues. They chat about how you know how do you do your season? What do you do with this, that, or the other? Um, and then they might say, "Wouldn't it be great if we could do this?" So they'd come to us with these stories of, "It'd be great if." Yep. So those things we used to develop and put in the product and roll out for the use of everybody. Um, so it was a really good product. We backed it up with exceptionally good support. And I can say that. <laughs> I used to do a lot of that. Um, it, so as I say, it, it was pretty good. It was, it was always about keeping the client happy, delivering what they wanted. Right. And I don't think um, you know, we had any catastrophic failures at the time. Nothing like you hear of now. This was way before the days of online sales and yeah. all that kind of thing. So it, to be fair, it was pretty basic. The requirements have always been the same, get people through the turnstiles. There's mm-hmm. only so many ways you can do that. Yeah. But as long as you keep adding these little bits and pieces along the way to keep people happy, um, it was the recipe for success. And I guess as well, um, what I'm getting from that is the bringing all of your users together, getting them to exchange ideas. That's yeah, the I'd, extra I'd, value you're creating for them as well. I'd like to say, you know, it was a, a real serious meetings but given the fact that most of them were held at race courses and various <laughs> other events and alcohol was consumed it may have started off quite serious but it, it got quite um, sociable in the end okay well that was great because we had such yeah. a good relationship with the clients you know they, they were like friends they were part of the synchro family and i think a lot of people at the time used to say that in the synchro family mm. um, and we really did used to look after them like part of a family yeah i mean on the way down i was thinking because i was a synchro user um yep and a couple of venues now and I fought really hard to get it I always wanted I always said like that was my thing if we're going to do this I want to use Venue Master and I, I couldn't put my finger on why but I think like you say the people the support and it was a great product as well yeah. it is a great product it's I think that makes a, a massive difference I think I think the people grew together yeah. I think the products grew together the clients grew together and I think given the fact that we did have such a close working relationship with each other, um, you know, as, as staff, colleagues and, and clients as well, I think that's what made it that little bit different and, you know, a bit special, a bit yeah. unique. I don't kind of think you get anything similar these days. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I've not seen it replicated no. ever since. Okay. Um, so as you grew with this company... It sounds like you had a few different roles and I'm sure you met some amazing people along the way and so what are some of these, like your favorite memories or stories from you know going out there picking up new clubs going out installing new systems it sounds like at one point every week there were new ones coming on board oh there's so many different tales to tell I'm trying to think ones that I can actually mention without <laughs> mentioning some people's names involved you know you've got to realize as well that we did such a lot of major tournaments um, throughout my what nearly 19 years um, and the tournaments and going out and doing certain things um, venues that they were good experiences okay so synchro continued to grow yeah. um, and more and more clients came on board there was a little bit more competition um, and eventually then i think Ticketmaster came in 
at some point. They didn't buy them straight away, did they? No, or? so Ticketmaster came in around 93, 94, and uh, I think they took initially 40% of the business right. with an option to take it over fully after uh, and providing we'd had a successful Euro 96 campaign because Synchro were chosen by the FA to run ticketing for the tournament. Um, and that really kind of put us on the map big time. We, we were already well established in the major player, but that did establish us as a, as a you know, real um, big hitter in the tournament side of ticketing. Yeah. Um, so we, that meant we had to go and buy a new office because our old MD, Paul Warsop, I can mention that name, everybody will smile at that. So Paul had promised the FA that, you know, we'd got this great call centre and we were going to deal with all the incoming calls and the requests and customer service queries. Um, and then when the FA said, great, that sounds brilliant, we'd, we'd like to come and have a look at your call centre. So we had to go and buy a building <laughs> <laughs> and fill it with people full of headsets for the day at the FA came round to have a look. Uh, which we duly did, and that was just, you know, I guess one of the things that Paul used to do, fly by the seat of his pants. That's um, a great story. And off the back of that visit, they off, said... Off the back of that, they said, yeah, you've got it. And that really was a fantastic experience. So, uh, again, I was in the van, up and down the country, all the host venues that we networked all back to Wembley, so effectively you could pretty much buy inventory from any of the, the venues for the uh, the games up and down. And this is in 1996? Yeah, well, we started well before that. We knew it. We got the tournaments, to say, in 94, and then we had the, the what was called the Umbro tournament in 95, so mm. all the host venues. That was like a, a mini test for Euro 96. I went to that. Yeah. England-Brazil? Was that the Umbro Cup? Or? It was the Umbro Cup, yeah. Uh, Brazil were in it, Sweden, Japan, I think Croatia. Um, yeah. I remember going to that as a kid. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's quite a, a few... Um, but it was genuinely the warm-up for Euro 96. But it's not just the technology, the ticketing. It was about the stadiums as well and everything that goes around it, the parking, all that kind of thing. Signage, wayfinding, as they call it nowadays. Yeah. But it was uh, it, it was a great time. Euro 96, anybody who worked on it, and so many people did work on it, even if you were just stuffing tickets in envelopes, everybody said what a great tournament and experience it was to be part of working on that project. Yeah, I mean, I remember it as... So I lived in Wembley during Euro 96. Yeah. And I remember that's probably the happiest summer holiday childhood memories that I've got because yeah. there was so much going on. There was a great mood across the nation, obviously, with the way England were performing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, to work on something like that must be extra special. Oh, it was. It, it was fantastic. And when you asked me about, you know, certain things, funny stories I remember, um, people soon got word that we were producing um, the tickets um, from our office. We were in Newcastle under Lyme at that point. We'd moved from the, the ex-working men's club in Stoke. We moved to those bigger premises in Newcastle under Lyme to house our call centre. <laughs> and uh, we used to get people showing up in reception asking if they could buy tickets. And this got fairly regular, fairly frequent. And uh, we decided because of the security around the tickets that we were storing in the building, we needed to hire a security guard. So we took this guy on and he used to kind of come in of an evening and he'd sit in reception all through the night with his dog. And um, the only problem was that the next day when we used to kind of go into reception, he, he used to kind of spend the night without his shoes on and the stink in the office in the morning. We were, to be fair, we weren't sure if it was him or his dog. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, that was one of the funnier experiences going into the office in the morning after this guy had been in there all night. Excellent. 
Okay, so, um, so Ticketmaster got involved with Synchro, like you said, initially, and yep. then after the tournament, it was after a success. After the tournament, it was a success. They took up the option to acquire the business at 100%. Um, and to be fair, things didn't really change a great deal. You know, mm. I'm not too sure how you can change a, a good, um, solid business. Uh, the one thing that we did do, that we started to do more of the allocation work from the teams that we worked with, so it was probably before Euro 96 actually, but Ticketmaster um, really bought the business because of the relationships we had with the, the big teams yeah. and to get allocations onto Ticketmaster's website to sell tickets. And we used to do it in the old fashioned way. Um, if anybody ever remembers what we'd call the 56k dial-up modems <laughs> and we, we used to create something called an allocation which was basically a file which contained a number of seats and a block so we'd create this file and send this file electronically on this dial-up modem to Ticketmaster somebody would pick it up in the TM offices when it was in Leicester Square um, they'd put it then for sale and then we'd get back markbacks or downloads and all this say was done on these tiny little modems and I think we did the first one with, with Arsenal. I think Arsenal were the first team to give a, an allocation of tickets to Ticketmaster. Um, and then we did uh, Wasps, who were playing then at QPR. I remember doing it the same at West Ham and the RFU. And that was really the very beginning of Ticketmaster having any sports inventory um, on their site to right. sell. And it all started from this small company in Stoke. It all started in this small company in Stoke, yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. OK. Um, so... After that, so you were there through the the Ticketmaster acquisition, and then yeah. did you move on soon after, and you went on to do other things? Yeah, so I left in uh, 2008, mm -hmm. um, so I'd done, say, almost 19 years, and I'd kind of felt like uh, I'd gone as far as I could go, and one or two reasons I thought, you know, there's life to be experienced outside, so... Um, it was, it, again, it was another fluke, really. So it was myself <laughs> and a colleague. Um, as you do, we, we knew that somebody had left a, a football club who I won't mention, and we always kind of thought he was on Megabucks. So we decided to look for his job online. <laughs> and anyway, so we, we kind of put in ticketing in the search engine on this jobs board, and up came um, a job looking for somebody in sales. And it had this ridiculous salary attached to it, and I thought, do you know what, why not just go for it okay. see what we could do and again so by fluke that's how I found this job I went for it and I left um, and so yeah I ended up um, as business development director at Seat Advisor who at the time were a startup ticketing company so I helped them to establish foothold in the UK sports market we got a, a couple of football clubs rugby clubs um, we I think it was around about, about 18 theatres had signed in a short period of time and a lot of these theatres that I was um, signing up were Tickets.com venues mm. and I remember getting a call from Tickets.com and somebody telling me that I was a real pain in the backside <laughs> and they'd sooner take me on than compete against me so um, <laughs> being a bit materialistic and kids to feed as you do I went for the bigger pay packet again so did you have to resell what you sold back to the no I, I, I was never really that cheap <laughs> So uh, I joined Tickets.com in 2010 and again took the role of business development director uh, and that was really good. We, we um, took on a number of new signings, football teams, theatres. It was a bit different for me working with theatre than predominantly sports, which I'd always done in my career. 
Um, but I enjoyed it. I had a great, uh, what, five years, six years there mm. um, before I, I came over to join Access. Okay, and that's where you, you're at now. And So what are you up to with Access? And, and how... So I, I came to Access primarily to work on a sports product. So over in the States, um, they had acquired this product, Veritix, which mm. they thought would be fit for purpose for the UK European sports market. And as you know, functionality is completely different in US sport than it is in UK. So we didn't have any of the basic things like friends and family, assigning seats, membership, membership rules and all that kind of thing. So um, they needed somebody who understood UK sports platforms to try and help them develop the product and bring it over um, and get some sales in the UK. So I started in 2016, um, spent quite a bit of time over in the States working with the developers over there, just scoping out um, the development work and that resulted in us signing our first client uh, first sports client at the beginning of this year which we did uh, sorry beginning of last year and we went live with uh, middle of the year which has been going well so far mm. uh, and also um, I'm responsible for the marketing team and because of previous years working in sports so I go out and get sports inventory to get online to sell tickets on access.com awesome Okay, so last few bits then before we wrap it up. Yep. So um, obviously you've been in and around the sports industry for, for many years. Yep. Um, and for lots of people, there's always a desire to, to get started working in sports in some way. So what would you advise someone looking to get into this industry? Oh, I think it's pretty simple. And, and this is the advice I give to, well, I do give to my own kids, especially my eldest son. Um, and I always say if there's an industry you want to work in wherever it might be just start at the very bottom take whatever you can get Um, 100% advancing in that role is all about your attitude and what you're actually prepared to do Um, go in do your absolute best do it with a smile on your face and keep going at it because doors open above you. You can't. You might go in some days and think, oh, this isn't great, I'm never going to get anywhere. And then somebody leaves, somebody relocates, moves sideways, There's and the door opens. An opportunity comes along, absolutely take every opportunity you can. Even if you don't think you can do it, take it and learn on the and job. Work it out afterwards. Yeah, without a doubt. But everything, doesn't matter what you do, it's all about attitude and say, do it with a smile on your face and you'll go far. Cool. Good advice to finish up with. So uh, for people listening, if want to connect with you, find out more about you or Axis, where do you want to guide them to social media wise? Is uh, yeah, uh, on LinkedIn. Um, and if anybody wants to get in touch with me directly, um, email gbaylis at axs.com. Awesome. Right. Thank you for coming on to the show, Giles. Uh, appreciate that. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Dave. And uh, we'll catch up soon. Thank you. Thanks.